Stay standing with me, please, as I read the Scriptures in 2 Kings chapter 3. Thank you, music team. You can go. Keyboard, hang around for a little bit, please. We're reading uh, about three kings are going to battle <coughs> against Moab. Watch this. So the king of Israel went with the king of Judah, the king of Edom, and they all marched on around about the route seven days. There was no water for the army, nor for the animals that followed them. No water or anything, all right, trouble. And all the kings of Israel said, Alas, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may acquire of the Lord of him? So one of the servants of the, of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is here who poured water on the hands of Elijah. Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. Let's go to verse 15. But now bring me a musician. That's why I love music. When it happened, when the musician played, the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, thus says the Lord, make the valley full of ditches. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain. Yet the valley shall be filled with water. You're talking miracle territory here, folks. So that you and your cattle and your animals may drink. And this is a simple matter. Everyone say simple matter. Your miracle is a simple matter for God. It's not a big deal, folks. It is not difficult, God. It's in a moment. I don't care how big your issue is. In a moment, God can deal with it. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind or road, etc. You sh nor shall you see rain, yet the valley shall be filled with water, so that your cattle and your animals may drink. This is a simple matter. Verse 19, and you shall attack every fortified city. Let's go down to verse 21. And all the Moabs heard that the kings had come up to fight against them. All who were able to bear arms and older were gathered and they stood at the border. Then they rose up early in the morning and the sun was shining on the water. Watch this. And the Moabites saw water on the other side as red as blood. And they said, this is blood. The kings have surely struck swords and have killed one another. Now, therefore, Moab to the spoil. So they came to the camp of Israel. Israel rose up, attacked the Moabites, and they fled before them, and they entered their land, killing the Moabites. One of the things you learn before you're seated is you have no idea how God is going to work your miracles. It's just amazing how God might do it. Grab a seat, please. So the kings are going to war. There's no water for their armies, their animals. And God says, dig the valley full of ditches. And without rain, <laughs> miraculously, the ditches are filled with water. The enemies think it's blood. They think the armies of Israel have fought each other, killed each other, so they go, but instead they get defeated themselves. Here's a key thought I wanna share with you today. We have to prepare to receive a breakthrough or a miracle. It doesn't just fall out of the sky in most cases. You see here, there would be no miracle of water without digging the ditches. I've called this message trench warfare. All right, because there's some warfare we gotta do if we wanna see our miracle come through. We gotta put our faith, faith into action. Don't just say, I have faith. I have faith. No, no, do something because it says in James 2.20, faith without works is dead. And I want you to listen for the Spirit of God today 
to tell you what you need to do in order to get your miracle. You can't just keep praying. I say do keep praying, but sometimes there are things you also have to do that are gonna release the miracle in your situation and in your life. You see, the first instruction the prophet gives, they, 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 you know, they're saying, God, give us water. We need water. The first instruction the prophet gives is nothing to do with water. Huh? It's an instruction. It's to do with ditches. And it's like, it says, if you will dig ditches, God says, I will send the rain. If you will do what you can do, God will do what you can't do. But you've got to do what you can do. You have got to do what you can do. Did you hear me? You have got to do what you can do. And there's more that you can do than you realise. And too many of us are thinking, God is going to do it, but I don't have to do a hang of a lot. You're going to see today that there is a lot that you can do to bring your miracle and to bring your breakthrough. But one of the keys is let the Holy Spirit guide you. See, the prophet comes along and he says, make the valley full of ditches. It's a crazy idea. But you see, you can do all the right things, great strategies, great plans, great skills, but still not succeed because you've not been led by the Spirit as to what God wants you to do in your current situation. We usually tend to follow, you know, Christianity is so bad, we just follow formulas. Well, if I do this formula, this God get this answer. If I do that formula, God will do this. No, it doesn't work that way. You gotta get the formula by the Spirit. You gotta ask God, what do I have to do? Sometimes, yes, it is to praise, but sometimes it is to pray. You know, and sometimes it is, I'll show you today, is to do something completely different that you never thought that you needed to actually do. See, doing anything other than digging ditches would have been a complete, total, utter waste of time. They could have gone on a 40-day fast, nothing would have happened. Right? They could have given all their money away to the poor, nothing would have happened. They had to dig ditches. That was the prophetic word. That was what was required in this situation to get a break. Is someone with me today? Are you following this? All right, stay with me, please. So today, as I said, listen for the Holy Spirit because there's different strategies for every situation. Now, the three kings obeyed when it was difficult. They could have said, but Elisha, this ground is hard. We didn't bring any shovels. And when we dig, man, this is, this is hard work. Elisha, I don't want to do hard work. Just send the water. Mm. We have to do, see, we have to want something so bad, so bad that we're willing to dig the required ditches. I'll teach you what some of those ditches are shortly. Someone won't be able to cover because there's too many. But you're willing to do whatever it takes. Yeah. <laughs> Isaiah 54 verse 2 and 3 says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your strakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left. Isn't that interesting? They have to enlarge. They have to prepare before they expand. Yeah. They have to do something ahead of the miracle. They had to do something to prepare for the breakthrough. They had to do something that positioned themselves, usually in active faith, because you believe what is going to happen. I guess it's a little bit like a bit of a different context, but like someone who's pregnant, what do they do? They, they're expectant. They can't see the baby. They believe it's in there. It's going to come out. So they get a room already. 
right? They don't wait till the baby comes until they get the room ready, buy all the clothes and all the rest of it. We prepare in the natural for what we are expecting to happen. How about preparing for what breakthrough you're expecting God to work in your life? When that breakthrough comes, what are you gonna do with it? Why is that breakthrough gonna come in your life? And uh, what, how can you position yourself increasingly for it? Now, digging trenches looked ridiculous, right? And here's the point. The miraculous and the ridiculous are often connected right throughout the Bible. Often you have to do something ridiculous in order to see the miraculous. And our, our brains are so naturally wired, we can't think very much out of the box. But you see, when we see a miracle in the Bible, uh, often it's got a ridiculous instruction with it, but we don't think it's ridiculous anymore because we've been reading it for 10, 20, 30 years. Some of you have been reading these miracles since you were age five when you went to children's church to start with. So for example, let me give you a few examples of, of what happened in the, in the different places in the Bible. You see, those needing a miracle in the Bible, God normally answers with an instruction, not with a miracle. Everyone say an instruction. Most of us don't want an instruction. I just want my miracle, God. No, no, God says, I've got an instruction. You need to actually do something. So we say, God, I need this miracle. God says, dig this ditch. We reply, God, I don't want to dig any ditch. And God says, you know, if you want your miracle, you need to dig this ditch and we can miss out on our miracle because we don't like the ditch that God is asking us to dig. God says, if you'll do something, I will do something. For example, you want a major financial blessing, all right? God says, start tithing. God, I don't want to tithe. I don't want to dig that ditch. We miss the instruction. This book is full of instruction of what you have to do to get your miracle. And we have preached the gospel, friends, in the Western church today that just says, believe for your miracle, pray for your miracle, ask for your breakthrough, and God is good, God is faithful, God loves you, and you'll get your breakthrough. Friends, no! Follow the instructions. Follow what the book says. We've got to preach the whole gospel, of the whole whole gospel, we've got to speak the whole truth. And you know what happens? The sad thing is people end up disillusioned. They say, but pastor told me if I just prayed, I'll get my miracle. If I just prayed for financial blessing, my God will supply all my need. He forgot to preach some of the conditions, forgot to preach some of the instructions that come with it. So anyway, some of these Bible instructions are pretty insane. And uh, because often what God asks us to do is He pushes us out of our comfort zone. It seems unusual. Give me, give, I'll give you an example. Hey, Noah, build a boat. What's a boat, God? Well, it's a big piece of wood that you're going to live in. God, why? Because it's going to rain. God, what's rain? It's never rained before. For 100 years, Noah's building this boat for something he'd never heard about, rain. It is ridiculous, but we know the rains came the flood came and Noah was rescued because he obeyed an instruction that was ridiculous and took him outside of his comfort zone. And God saved humanity because of one man who obeyed the instruction in faith 
out of his comfort zone. Look, the list goes on and on and on. So there's a boy with a, uh, you know, want to feed the 5,000 people. And the disciple says, we can't do that. There's a little boy comes along and says, God, here's, a, here's five fish and uh, five loaves and here's two fish. They do what they can. Yeah. And God works the miracles. Have you got five loaves and two fish? Have you got an ability that you need to hand over to God so He can release a miracle in your life? Do you have a gift that God has given you that you can use for His glory that may just release the miracle in your life? You don't know what it is, but there's an instruction. <laughs> you, want a, you want freedom? God, you said you came to set the captives free. I love that verse. Beauty for ashes, oil of joy for mourning. You know, and the sun says free is free indeed. Yeah, you want to be free? Yes, God, I want to be free. Go and forgive that person that's hurt you. God, I don't want to do that. I don't like that instruction. Just set me free. It's going very quiet in this place. When you preach at a rise, it never goes quiet. Because they've been trained to scream and yell even if they hate what you're saying. <laughs> Just kidding, that's all right. So, Abraham, leave and go. Go where? I'll show you. So God, you mean I'm to tell Sarah, my wife, that we're just to go? Listen, Lord, she won't even come out for dinner until I tell her where we're going. And you're asking us to pack everything up and go. And God says, yes, go. Unusual request. But if Abraham didn't go, he would never have become the father of many nations. He had to do something unusual, had to do something out of his comfort zone. We can go on and on. I won't give you too many more, but Naaman. Hey, Naaman, <laughs> great general. Got Na he's got leprosy. God says, go dip in the Jordan. Was it the Jordan? Yeah, Jordan River. And there are better rivers around there seven times. And Naaman is furious. He says, look, you know, because it's very humbling, this great general, go and dip in the water. It was the instruction was crazy. It was ridiculous. So often in the Bible, the instructions are a bit ridiculous. And why seven times? You're on one arm, see him up. God, no, go down again. Up. He must have thought, this is insane. People must be laughing at me. People think, you, Naaman, you're nuts. You didn't hear from God. This is ridiculous. Don't do that. Gosh, I tell you how many times people have told me, don't do that. It's ridiculous. Seventh time, he was healed by the power of God. The miraculous is so often connected with the ridiculous. Let me give you one more. This widow. <laughs> I think of Zarephath, is she? Down to her last bit. She's going to have her last bit, we're going to die. God, I need a miracle. God, I need a miracle. Give your last meal to the prophet. Like, God, what? That's an insane instruction. It's my last meal. I'm going to die. Give the last meal to the prophet. And you know, she did. And the miracle flowed. The instruction may well push you outside of your comfort zone. It often makes no sense. So you want me to raise Lazarus from the dead? Yep, we do, Lord. Well, roll the stone away. You roll the stone away. 
He said, well, God, you got the power, you roll it away. No, no, you do what you can and I'll do what you can't do. You can roll the stone away and I can raise Lazarus from the dead. But if you don't roll the stone away, I ain't raising Lazarus from the dead. We gotta do what we can do. You gotta do what you can do. That's my message for you today. You gotta position yourself for your breakthrough. You gotta position yourself for a miracle. Friends, one of the problems in the Western church today is we've created a consumer church. We don't want to do anything. We want to consume. We've created a spectator church. I wanna watch. I don't wanna participate. I don't wanna get involved. I don't want the instructions. I don't wanna do anything. God bless me, work a miracle in my life. Friends, it does not work. We've got to change the narrative. We've got to become contributors. We've got to become participators. Whenever we're in church, we're here to do something, be involved because that's the instruction. And that's what releases miracles in our lives. Adrian and I dug massive ditches <laughs> when we were three years in the Philippines. We're out of our comfort zone. We did so many things. I was just reflecting on it today. We, we dug ditches of, of amazing sacrifice in so many ways. We lived in some villages out in the back blocks and now we're spiders all over the place and rats and all the rest of it. I mean, it, it was, wasn't easy. But God asked us to dig that ditch of three years in the Philippines. And today we're seeing the favour and the blessing of God. We're seeing the miracles come out in our lives. You know, whenever you see people greatly blessed by God, I can promise you they have dug some pretty deep trenches. They have understood trench warfare is what brings breakthrough and miracles in your lives. You ask the question, how does the Holy Spirit work? Well, in this story, there's no sound of rain. No rain fell. So we don't know how the trench was filled. But God is not limited to a particular way of doing things. And we need, this, we need to get our heads around this, friends. Because a lot of you are sitting there, including me, and we're trying to work out how God's going to work the miracle. But the more you try and work out how God's going to work the miracle, the more your faith goes downhill. Because you go into this natural thinking and thinking, well, God, <clears throat> I think if this miracle is going to happen, you're going to do this, this, and this. But then you think, oh, I can't see how this, this, and this is ever going to happen. Get that out of your mind, friends. You have no idea how God's going to get, get work a miracle. He can bring water. He can fill ditches with water without there being any rain. He can work a miracle in your life in ways that you never thought were even possible. Because He is, that's the whole idea of a miracle. He does it in an amazing, unusual ways, ways that you never expected. So don't try and work out how your breakthrough is going to come. Don't try and work out how your miracle is going to happen. God has got a plan. God has got a way of doing it. Just open your heart to God. Say, Lord, I trust you. I'm not going to try and work all this out because God's ways are higher than your ways. God's ways are above our ways. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are God's ways higher than our ways. Tell the person next to you, don't try and work out how your miracle is going to come. All right. Okay. <laughs> Somehow God will work your miracle. Somewhere He will provide. If men won't feed you, ravens will 
as they fed Elijah. God is a God of miracles. We've brought God down to a God of natural plus a little bit. We've forgotten He is the God of miracles. We've forgotten He's the God who parts the Red Sea. He's the God that brings fire down from heaven. He's the God that, you know, rescues people from the lion's den. He, he's a God who walks on water. He's the God who can still storms. He, he can raise the dead, heal the sick, set captives free, open prison doors, make the lame to work, give beauty for ashes. He can bring manna down from heaven. He can make clothes so they never wear out. For 40 years in the wilderness, his shoes never wore. We've forgotten. He is a God of miracles. He is a God way beyond anything we think or imagine. Your God is too small. My God is too small. We gotta enlarge this God of ours and let Him work the miracle power that He is able to do. Okay, what trenches are you gonna dig? You're not gonna like these. Are you ready for them though? Number one, persistent prayer. Persistent prayer. Ask and ask and ask again. Not all your prayers will be answered, but the more you ask, the more answers you'll get. Person who offers 50 prayers is gonna get more answers than one who offers five prayers. Person who comes to half nights of prayer is gonna get more answers than people who don't. It's just a simple fact. We gotta dig this, these trenches. We gotta dig the trench of prayer. But you say, I don't want to dig the trench of prayer. Well, God says, that's okay. But don't expect your miracle. It's the instruction. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. Oh, but God, I'm too busy to pray. God says, fine. It's a trench. This is trench war. This is warfare, friends. This is warfare. We've got to fight for what we want. It just doesn't happen. You know, we want an easy, ozy, cozy life, but there isn't no such thing exists, friends, in our life. You know, our revival prayer meeting that we have on a Thursday night, we, we are digging a massive trench. A massive trench. I'm telling you, friends, it's a trench big enough to hold the waters of revival and turn New Zealand to Jesus. But I can stand here and say, oh, New Zealand will turn to Jesus. You know, God is going to move. There's going to be a breakout of the Holy Ghost. And God says, dig the trench. Dig the trench. I said, God, I'm digging a few trenches already. Dig some more trenches. Thank you for that one lame clap. One lone clap. I'm not lame, I meant lone clap. Lone clap. Thank you, John. Appreciate that. Second trench. <laughs> you ready for this? Get excited. The next trench. You didn't like the prayer one, but here's the next trench. More powerful. Will radically change your life forever. Fasting. The Bible says... Some answers will not come. This kind only comes out by fasting. You say, but I don't like fasting. <laughs> well, I don't like fasting either. God, that's a very tough trench to dig. You know my, my, my physical makeup. You know my health conditions. And hey, if you've got real health issues, you've got to see a doctor before you do this stuff. But friends, it's a trench that you need to dig. Because if you dig this trench, I'm promising you, you will see breakthroughs and miracles and answers like you have never seen before because it's one of the most powerful trenches you will ever dig in your life. Since I'm getting such a fantastic response on that, I'll move to the next point. Pray for people at every opportunity. It's a trench to dig. 
You know, the Bible says these signs will follow them that will believe in you. You say, yeah, pastor, I'm gonna heal the sick, I'm gonna cast out demons. You know the trench you gotta dig? Sometimes it's embarrassing. You gotta start praying for everyone you possibly can. You gotta take every opportunity you can to pray for someone. If someone is sick in your home, your wife's sick or your kids are sick, don't give them a Panadol and say, go to bed, baby. No, no, pray for them, lay hands on them. Come on, get them healed. They didn't get healed, pray again. You know your neighbour at work, someone at work, if they're sick, offer to pray for them. Oh, Pastor, I don't want to do that. Dig the trench. Dig the trench. Dig the trench and see what God will do. Oh, but God, that's embarrassing. That's going to be uncomfortable. Of course it is. It's the way it works. Dig the trench and watch God fill it with water. See, friends, if we just start digging the trenches, we're going to see the water flow all over the place. Here's the next one. <laughs> oh, here we go. Serve God and others. It's a trench. 2 Kings 3 verse 11. Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is here, who poured water on the hands of Elijah. So all Elisha did was water the hands of Elijah. His claim to fame was that he served. That was it. He served. Pretty low-key serving at that, friends. Washing somebody's hands, no big deal. But he did it. And it opened up the heavens. He ends up with twice the anointing that Elijah carried in his life. I can imagine Elisha saying, hold on a minute, God. I'm a prophet in the making. What do you mean wash the hands of Elisha? Elijah, he's got dirty hands anyway. Well, that's the reason they need to wash them, by the way. You know, that's what you'd say. You know, and we have these things in our hearts, but that's too small a thing to do, God. God says, dig the trench. Dig the trench. Dig the trench of serving and watch the water flow. What serving could you do? Let me give you a whole list in case you have forgotten. You can help in the car park. You say, I don't wanna help in the car park. Dig the trench. Serve in kids' church, serve in Christ. I don't like kids with snotty noses. Dig the trench. I don't like rebellious kids that don't do what I say. Dig the trench and the water will begin to flow. The miracles will start to come in your life like you never imagined was possible. What else can you do? Why don't you just love somebody when you come to church? Why don't you be an usher? Why don't you serve on the New Zealand and beyond team? Why don't you host a small group? Hey, if I host a small group, they're gonna mess up my house. Dig the trench, dig the trench. Be a life group leader. I'm a useless leader, I might fail. Dig the trench and the water will flow. The miracles will flow. Why don't you sing in the choir? I don't have a voice to sing with. Dig the trench anyway and watch the water flow. Why don't you serve in the food bank? I don't want those poor, I don't want to give those poor people any food. They should go out and get jobs. Dig the trench. Dig the trench. Tell the person next to you, dig the trench. Friends, listen, if you can get this message, if you can get this message, it'll change your life. We'll shift from consumers to contributors, from spectators to participators. We're gonna start doing something. And the best thing is the water is going to flow. The miracles are gonna break out in your life and God will do things you never imagined were possible. 
I've been saved about 40 years, friends, and there's never been a time I wasn't serving God. I believe with all my heart, pouring my life into the Kingdom of God, pouring my life to serve my Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, pouring my life into the One who gave His life for me. I've served with all the fire, the passion, the zeal, the sacrifice, the commitment I could find. I'm sure I fell short at times, but friends, as a result of digging trenches, I've dug trench after trench after trench after trench after trench and so many, God is filled with water and I've seen God do things way beyond anything I ever Imagine was possible. Dig the trench. Here's another one. A couple more before we finish. Time is almost gone. Wait, your head's gone. I just lied. <laughs> the trench of praise. Joseph at 2 Chronicles 20, 22. When they began to sing in praise, God said ambushes. When they began to sing in praise, God, would you work this great miracle for me? Praise me. God, I don't feel like praising. I'm discouraged. I'm depressed. I'm a mess. Dig the trench. Praise me. Lift up your voice. Begin to sing the praises of the Lord. Doesn't matter how deep it is, how dark it is, how difficult it is. Begin to praise the Lord. I don't care how black it seems. You need to dig that trench, friends. People say to you, your life is a mess. Why are you praising God? Tell them every time you see me praising, every time you see me praising, I am digging my trench. And I'm telling you, God is gonna fill it with miraculous waters and give me my breakthrough. Every time you see me praise, I'm expecting the water to flow. The bigger the trial you have, dig deeper, Praise louder, shout louder, lift your hands, kneel, do whatever you have to, dig the trench of praise. One last one. I know you've all been waiting for this. We're heading into 10 days of fasting. Starting next Wednesday, put it in your diary. Wednesday through to Friday the 28th. Oh, no, Friday, August or something. Sixth, I think it is. 10 days, 10 days. But this time, we're gonna dig a deeper trench. So I'm gonna make it harder than it's ever been before. Who's ready for this? Is anyone ready for this trench? This is, this is you're gonna to have to dig. This, this is gonna take every ounce of strength you've got to dig this trench. But I'm telling you now, the miracles that you'll see will be unbelievable. Are you ready for this? We're gonna do a 10-day fast from all negative speaking, gossip, criticism, and judging other people. That's harder than a water, that's harder than a food fast, folks. It's one of the most powerful trenches you will ever, ever dig in your life because they say negative words is a leaking pot of the Holy Spirit from your life. It just drains out. Every time you get negative, the power of God drains out of you. And you know, Proverbs 6, 16 to 19 says, there's, uh, the Lord hates, uh, se- there's six things the Lord hates and seven are an abomination to Him. And one of the seven is He who sows discord among the brethren. He who sows gossip among the brethren is one of the most heinous sins in the body of Christ. 
Because this is what has riddled the church for centuries and millennia, is a body of Christ being negative, critical, disunited, you know, gossiping, criticizing one another, fighting among themselves, has crippled the church for centuries. It's time to change the narrative. No more negative talk, no more criticism, no more judgment, no more condemnation, no more gossip. Can we shout that together? No more gossip. Say it again. No more gossip. So I give you permission. I give you permission. If you get hear someone starting to be critical about another leader, about the church or whatever, starting to be uh, negative, starting to gossip, shut them down. You have permission. Say, so, hey, hold on. We're on a 10-day fast. We're on a 10-day fast. Who likes this fast? I'm telling you, if we can do this, one, it'll change your life. Change your words, change your world. I think we have no idea the damage we do. A few simple words. Oh, did you hear this about? Oh, did you know they? It's terrible, friends. God hates it. Did you hear me? God hates it. Hates it. H A T E S. <laughs> so I'm passionate about this because I believe it is one of the greatest keys to the outbreak of supernatural power in the church today and in your life today. So dig the trench. Start Wednesday, get all your complaining, murmuring, gossiping, complaining, get it out of the way by Tuesday. Because starting Wednesday to the following Friday, you're done. All right? You're done. You're not going to do any more, any more of that. So dig the trenches and God will fill them with water. We want miracles and God wants to do them for us. But we must do our part. We have to follow the instructions. We have to dig the ditches. What are the ditches? Pray fast. Pray for the sick. Serve. Praise. No negative speech. It's time to get our hands dirty. It's time to get your hands dirty. It's time to roll up your sleeves. It may be hard at first and a lot of effort, but we get stronger digging. We get stronger digging. Our muscles develop as we dig. Our prayer life grows as we dig. Our faith increases. And one one day we'll thank God for what He did in our lives as we were digging. We don't grow through sitting. We grow through digging. Heaven is ready. Musicians, please come, singers. Heaven is ready to send great blessing into your life. So dig with all your might. Don't dig just a few ditches. Fill the whole valley of your life with trenches. As many as you can and watch God work miracles and breakthrough for you. God is ready. Dig the trench. The water will flow and you will have your miracle and your breakthrough. In Jesus' name, amen.